calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode of the IGN UK podcast is brought to you by Alienware. Check out their latest generation of gaming laptops, desktops, monitors and accessories featuring truly out-of-this-world designs. Visit alienware.co.uk today. Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's Big Energy Friday and I'm Simon. Show us your energy, Joe. Yay! Matt, energy. <laughs> yeah, I think you I'm... echo the souls of us all. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long week, man. It's been a long week. It has, but you know what that means? It means we've got a lot to talk about on this week's podcast, including all the stuff from Gamescom last night. All the stuff from DC Fandom, which was only about five or six days ago, but feels feels like an eternity ago at this point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I forgot and, it had happened. <laughs> I know. And a couple other bits. It does mean I'm gonna I'm gonna just let some people down. Now some people may cheer when they hear this. There will be no endless search this week because of the sheer amount of things we actually have to talk about. And well there was one person last time said you don't even need to do the game, just please put the music in. I don't think we should. It could be the final music. Yeah, should we just play it at the end instead? So if you really want to hear the endless search music, you have to wait till the and end of the podcast. Code, Code Mahler are legends. Exactly. But, yeah. But there you go. Should we start off with some uh, some talk about some games Let's that we saw with last it. night? Let's kick it off. We talked briefly about it last week, but now we know a lot more about it. Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, which was technically revealed on Wednesday, but we learned a little bit more about it yesterday because we saw Reagan giving a lovely speech, uh, as he does. You know, uh, well, or did. Is Imagine, I, I did this as a tweet, but imagine being the person in 2020 that had to recreate a photorealistic Richard Nixon. Like, Imagine how weird your life would feel for that period, especially if they had to do it during lockdown. Just <laughs> sitting on their own in their house, sculpting those folds in his horrible face. <laughs> Mental. I mean, do you mean Reagan or Nixon? Uh, wait. It's the, Reagan. You, Reagan, you know, I that mean, one. Nixon. The guy who was on the screen. <laughs> Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Not Reagan from The Exorcist, though. That's a very different Reagan, although both have very severe dark energy, you could say. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, but severe Black Ops, dark energy. 
Black Ops Cold War is a sequel to Black Ops 1, which is, you know, why not? People like that one. I see what they're doing. They're going back to what people like. Uh, are you excited for this, Matthew? No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> um, this has just confirmed to me, like I've said before, I don't really like the Treyarch um, Call of Duties. I'm sure it will okay. play great and I will play the campaign and I will just complain about it. But um, I don't. I'm not into the idea of playing a game where I'm playing the chums of Reagan going on deeply illegal that may missions. May take a turn, though. You never know. It may take a turn. I don't trust it to. That's my thing. Like I, I've always, I've seen quite a lot from Infinity Ward where they do a really interesting thing where they talk about how far you have to push the boundaries in conflict and the and especially the earlier modern warfare's were to do with the discomfort around that and I felt the new reboot of Modern Warfare tried to deal with that as well. Um, the whole thing of them sitting around that desk just going, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do an illegal mission. <sighs> it just it just it doesn't sit with I, me right even though like, I think mm-hmm. it looks like the most gorgeous video game ever made. Oh, don't My yeah, favourite bit of that, of that trailer that they showed last night is the weird shift in energy when they're all just doing like deep, you know, we got to do some stuff, chat. Mm. And then that one guy just out of nowhere is just like, every mission we do is legal. You're like, whoa, dude, you brought a totally different vibe to He's this bringing table. big energy, and that's what I appreciated. He was, he was so big energy. It was um, so yeah, that, weird. <laughs> that briefing scene didn't do a lot for me. I mean, it looks gorgeous. I love the and hair. The hair is yeah. good. Very good hair. Mm. But the actual gameplay trailer we saw before, I was into that because it looks like there's a good variety of missions, mm-hmm, a lot definitely. more some big set pieces you can see going on already the vietnam mission i don't know if you've read about that seems really cool it's like a flashback that also seems to bring in weird almost control like elements just like big doors dropping out of nowhere into the ground and stuff just like i think it's meant to be you know going into the numbers mason the the numbers yeah it's going into that a bit see i'm into that it's their most unique call of duty level ever okay I'm down for that, and I like, you know, as I was saying the other week, kind of like I like the idea of them trying to put a little bit of the kind of sci-fi sleeper agent side to it, Mm -hmm. because that also is, it's a cool thing to think about in like that, that conspiracy theory from the war, and I'd rather lean into conspiracy theory so that we can do kind of cooler things that are a bit more video gamey rather than dealing with, with a very prickly part of history. Yeah. Where I think if you play it too straight, it just comes across a bit oh, it's potentially going to be some alternate history stuff, yeah. just like the mm-hmm. original Black Ops. And also the thing, I don't know if it's just the Vietnam mission, but I heard them talking about it, is that some of the levels are pretty open. Like they're a big open area with multiple objectives, mm-hmm. including side objectives, which you don't normally see in a Call of Duty. Mm. So no, I think didn't they try that out in Black Ops Two? That's almost like a hot yeah. Back Black to Ops back. Two had that stuff. That was one of the first things I ever did in this industry was write up an interview from Black Ops 2. And I remember being like, whoa, this is changing the game, guys. It's crazy. <laughs> well, let's see if they do it this time. Uh, I will play the campaign. It remains so to be I. seen what it entails. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, uh, also honestly, how it affects Warzone as well. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm at the point where I, all I really care about is Warzone. So I'm just... The fact that they haven't talked about what the integration for that means yet is super interesting to Mm. me. Like, barring the Know Your History event, which if you didn't play it, basically, you did a Black 
we did a battle royale, but something was going all weird and redacting cool. all the place names in the town you've been in for yeah. a year. <laughs> you did a simple omission. You got a you got the Bay of Pigs gun blueprint at the end, mm. which is for the SKS, which is my least favourite gun in the whole <laughs> game. So cheers for that, lads. I guess the SKS uh, is a bit more eighties ish, though, isn't it? it so is, I suppose it fits. But, you know, do the car 98 or something that people actually use. I love I love that it's the Bay of Pigs one as well. It's like, it's the worst gun and it's got a failed missions name <laughs> on attached to it. Exactly. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm buying it so far, but yeah, it remains to be seen where they go with that. Um, Dragon Age 4. Yeah, boy. I've never played a Dragon Age. Oh, Cardi. I've only played Inquisition, but that was enough because... Uh, not as in I didn't like it, as in that was enough to get me excited for this because the ending to that game just led me to want to play more Dragon Age. I actually never did Trespasser, the DLC, which apparently expands on that ending quite a lot. But um, they, so the, you, you know the uh, elf man making the funny faces that they showed Cardi during <laughs> yeah. that? Uh, yeah. That guy's called Solus. He has one of the best twist endings in games. Um, okay. And, uh, it was brilliant to have him so, appear. I wasn't aware of this. I assumed that the Dragon Age stories were very separate. Are they actually a run through of the there the is series? sort of a running universe. They are quite they're, they're distinctly separate in that you play a different person each time. Um, mm-hmm. But there's always been like the Grey Wardens are sort of part of it. Who were the people that you played in the first game and. Like by the time you get to Inquisition, the Grey Wardens are sort of split up, but one of your party members is a Grey Warden or an ex-Grey Warden. I can't remember quite. Um, so it's kind of like this fantasy universe that evolves, and like a character from the expansion to the first game was a major character in the second game. So it has those kind of flowing bits. But mm-hmm. I think because of like what Joe was saying about Solus towards the end of um, Inquisition, I feel like four might be the most directish sequel they might do like it's got to be right like Mm -hmm. it would be kind of nuts if it isn't um like well we can spoil inquisition i guess but like i'm not going to go necessarily directly into it but there's like a very apocalyptic vibe um (laughs) so you kind of expect something to come from it but for you know when we see these teasers for games that don't exist yet i thought this was actually one of the best ones I've seen where it's like, we can't really tell you very much, but we'll have a bunch of people telling you kind of what we're going for. We'll have concept art, we'll have teases, we'll have new voice actors and new character names. And you're like, I didn't learn very much about what Dragon Age 4 is, but I feel like I got a good look at it, if that kind of makes a sense. People seemed very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there was a lot to be interested in if you're interested in in that series. And I think that's what it was designed for. It was designed to placate the people who want Dragon Age rather than get new Dragon Age people in. Mm-hmm. It's like the names that they use, like you've got Mark Dara, who's like the first person they brought on, who is like old school Bioware. So he was kind of like producer on the first one. I'm fairly sure he was involved in Baldur's Gate because Dragon Age is the spiritual successor to the original Baldur's Gate games. Um, so you've got all of that coming through. There was concept art that got Dorian in it, who's a fan favorite mm. character. So like it looks like he's coming back. It doesn't look like anywhere in the world that we've sort of been. There's a lot more snow, a lot more, as Joe says, an almost slightly apocalypse vibe to like big secluded places and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it, it's got me very excited and 
the music is there and all yeah. of that. The thing the thing I liked was they said this is a story about someone who doesn't have power in a world where the people in power don't do anything. And I thought that was quite a cool little thing. Is that also Matt, you know better than me, is that a hint towards Tevinter stuff where it was like Possibly because yeah. they're like evil empire y type stuff. But um the the thing I liked was I immediately saw people being like what? The character's got no powers? It's like, no, it's Dragon Age. You're going to become <laughs> a magical saviour of the world. Spend I don't the whole think game you need to running, worry about that. Running around with your fists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But, well, yeah. that looks like it's at least at least three years off? Two years? Three? Oh. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be fucking ages. Don't yeah. you worry about it. They're making Anthem 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Poor bastards. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Dead people still haven't got walking. that Mass Effect remaster there which everyone asks for every month of the year but look maybe it'll come one day if they maybe can that. announce skate 4 there's a possibility yeah i'm actually playing that. uh there's you've got your big games you've also got your smaller games teardown yes looks, that's the first i've seen of teardown i've been um, excited for teardown for a little while yeah and that, i was delighted to see it fun. turn up uh i just like this you know let alone the fact it has a game inside it, just a world where you can destroy everything. So, <laughs> Sounds fun to me. It was funny because so the first time I heard about this was I tweeted that I wanted a game version of the Slipknot video for Duality, yes. where they're just where it's a load of people smashing up a house, and mm-hmm. I just wanted that. And then like you just three want to push people your fingers into your eyes. Yeah, and then three people <laughs> linked me to uh, linked me to Teardown, and I looked at it and I was like. Yes, this is the game that I want. <laughs> uh, so I'm super into it. Like I do, um, I don't want to kind of sniff at the actual game because there's a cool idea at the heart mm. of it. If you don't know, basically, you smash up a place and then you're smashing it up with a view <laughs> towards being able to pull off a very perfect heist. heist. Um, yeah. But it's a heist where no one's there to stop you from smashing <laughs> the entire place up in the first place. Yeah, so I read up about it. So apparently, I don't know if you do that prep, and then you start the heist. I don't know which way round it works. That's what the trailer soon, suggests that, that you do. That, yeah. I believe is the deal. So you're there as soon you, as you you trigger the heist, the yeah. alarms go off, and you're on a clock basically yeah. to get out. Um, I think what it is, rather than thinking of it as a as a heist game in the way that we think about it, it's almost like you're preparing a speed run. I yeah. think that's the better way yeah. to think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm. I kind of hope there is a free mode where I can just like. You know, just like fuck everything up, and it falls over nicely. That's what I want. That's what they should have called the game. Fuck, fuck everything, everything up. up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, another indie game, Twelve Minutes from oh. Annapurna, starring now Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy, and Daisy Ridley. Mental the cast. Um, like uh, I, I tweeted last night, but no, I cared. Uh, Willem Dafoe, putting Willem Dafoe in your game never ends badly. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um. But this one genuinely does look brilliant. I can't wait for this game. This is the thing, right? We've seen this t- twice in major events. Mm. And it obviously communicates itself quite well. Everyone's very excited for a game where we've basically not seen what the game is. Like, I am slightly worried I'm that just it could... into the vibe. I think it's... I don't think there's going to be much of a game in that. I think mm. it is... They call it an interactive thriller for a reason, I think. Yeah. I think you're walking around inside a film, effectively. Like, I love... Which the... I'm up for. Yeah, I love the vibe and I love the, the conceit. But it is funny seeing how much excitement there is for a game where it's just like, we haven't seen the fucking game yet. We've seen two trailers with different voices in them. That's it. Uh, Yeah, we saw it at E3 last year Mm. and seen it again now. Not seen much more of it. We know who's in it now. 
they said coming soon. I just kind of want to when it does. Want, kind it of want to it does it. feel like you know it, very clearly James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley are the people in bed. So is is Willem Dafoe the horrible hitman that's coming and is fucking them up, or is he the is or is he, he a narrator? narrator? I do yeah, hope I he's know. the horrible man coming to kill them because that's good casting. Yeah. He, he can play horrible men, although I'm sure in real life he's a lovely man. I'm just assuming that. Big old dick. Have you seen it? It's incredible. <laughs> Genuinely. He's a blessed uh, man. Antichrist. Yeah. 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 Um, that's not what he calls it. Matt looks unhappy with this The problem is, is when you talk about Willem Dafoe's dick, is all I can think of is Antichrist, and yeah. that's not a good situation yeah. for it. No. Yeah. Well, in happier better than, times. Better than, better than calling it the Green Goblin. Um, <laughs> Pumpkin bomb. Carry <laughs> uh, on, carry um, on. A big, a nice surprise. Uh, not, I've never really cared about The Sims since I was probably about 10 or 11, but. Um, I do like the idea of being able to build your own Star Wars cantina inside it. <laughs> yeah, seems all right. Uh, I, there is something very nice about hearing a stormtrooper speaking in Simlish. Yeah. <laughs> like when he when he saw there's a bit where he sees a transport and he's just like "Herve Gatark," and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> what a ledge!" <laughs> I was I don't know anything about this. Um, I'm yeah. not sure how big an expansion it is, but it looks quite extensive from the trailer. It, they, yeah, the Sims is often very, you know, it's famously kind of micro transaction and in a way it releases stuff and that's how it keeps being a billion dollar mm. empire or whatever it is but this does look like a proper th- I, I, when they started showing it I was like is this a sim spin-off like in the old school where they did the herbs and all that kind of stuff <laughs> had they gone back but no it is a full add-on of some kind so yeah I'm quite excited like I don't know if I'll ever play it, but I'm kind of no, glad no, it no. exists and that I'll see people playing it. You know, when you see people making really good stuff in games, you're like, I'm so happy I didn't have to make that to see it. That's the thing. That's all I used to ever do in The Sims is build a house and then stop playing. I never actually played the actual game of, mm. you know, doing The Sims Live life. Live a life. You know, doing, I don't know, have a job, set things <laughs> on fire and stop a burglar. I don't know. That's that's what The Sims is to me. Uh, but yeah. Uh, more Fall Guys is coming. That's a surprise to no one. Uh, I really liked that they went kind of with a new skin vibe. That's cool. Yeah, they're kind of going for the Fortnite route, aren't they, of each season is themed on something, uh, which is probably quite a smart model to follow, seeing as they make billions of dollars. Yeah, Um, I I had no idea that was the way they were going to take it. Like It just didn't occur to me uh, at all. So when they started showing, I was like this is a really cool idea i want to play it so much and it's quite a clever way of well as well of like that one new they showed two new rounds it looked like the Mm. one where you have to like move blocks to get up to the top of a race looks really cool the second one kind of looked like the hoops a daisy game where you have to get through hoops but i think reskinning it with the medieval stuff and adding a new element is a clever way of not having to come up with brand new games every Mm -hmm. single time just kind of tweaking original ones exactly just that's what well they've talked before to us about wanting to change games so that you can't get perfectly good at them so i love the idea that we'll see you know medieval slime climb versus candy slime climb or whatever like i think there's something to that that idea of you're not just reskinning but you're retweaking so that people can't become genius level fall guys players without real effort and i think that's that's a very smart idea mm-hmm. that game is just yep. good as fuck it's very fun isn't it yeah. uh, i think season two is 
I think there's still like 40 odd days left yeah. on this battle pass so it's a little while away but not ages so that looks fun uh, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is a fully VR Medal of Honor game mm. which looks on paper interesting I'm not sure if it's again it's going to be the situation because it's fully VR will I ever actually play it I um, I loved that they started off being like this is more than just a just a fun action game we've talked to veterans what, and stuff and it's just a fucking th- Tarantino film for the rest of <laughs> that know. trailer and just the um, all the things they were talking about it's like in VR you can actually look around the corner and see enemies like this is the same thing people have been saying about VR for like five years yeah. now we understand that you can look around a corner at an enemy in VR yeah it is it is um, done by Respawn though so yeah yeah I trust they will be good mm-hmm. it's just I think it's going to be the problem people have for a little while after Half-Life Alex as by all accounts, I haven't played it. Pretty much nailed the first-person shooter in VR. How is how are people going to follow that up? Yeah, I it. mean, I say it respawns the people I trust to do it, and like, I think it makes sense to rebirth Medal of Honor as something that's not just Call of Duty. Mm. I like mm-hmm. that it's it's leaning back on it's an OSS game. It's about like a single person like having a Spielbergian adventure in World War II, which is mm. what those original ones were. I kind of like those a bit of a throwback in that, and it'll give me an M1 Garan that I can fire <laughs> without ever having to kill real people. So uh, the, the thought of doing D-Day in VR does terrify me. Yeah, it doesn't um, sound like it would be nice. Uh, and hiding from the Gestapo. The idea oh, yeah. of having to be the, the, the characters from the start of uh, Inglorious Bastards makes me quite upset. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's weird that we choose to relive the horrors of people of seventy years ago. But like, then, out of choice, a lot of that trailer is very clearly just like fuck yeah. up the Nazis. Uh, the bit where he mm-hmm. puts a grenade up a mail tube, I was like, yes, please, <laughs> this is the game I want. Because when they were doing like, it's going to be when they were teasing it, it's like this is a sad reflection on the on the horrors of the war. I was like, I don't need that in VR. But when I saw grenade up a tube, a hundred percent in. <laughs> that's yeah. that's me done. <laughs> For as far as I'm aware, you can also beat someone up with a frying pan, which sounds great. Perfect. I'm in. Yep. Well done, Respawn. Yep. I'll give it a go. Another uh, win for that? Big Zim, Vince. When uh, can we expect that one? Let's let's have a look. Uh, holiday 2020, I believe. He's done it. The... Oh, that soon. That soon. Mm-hmm. I did not know. There you go. Um, Ratchet and Clank are back and looking as sparkly as ever. Mm. That was... I think it's hard... I know what they're doing. It's hard to convey how powerful a PS5 is until you actually are going to be able to play it, I think, and realise that there is no loading screen, no stutter on that. Because like, all clips we see of games don't have that anyway because mm. they're pre-recorded. But it did look very impressive. I love that they're, beautiful. I love that their approach to it was essentially just uh, what the PS5 can do is make things really busy. It's just so yeah. busy. There's so many elements to look at, and I thought that's a smart way to like get something across of what you'll be doing. Like, I still don't think I, I'm still fully of the opinion, and I agree with Tom Marks on this that like the visual upgrade is not that impressive. It's what you do around the visuals mm-hmm. now. It's just creating unprecedented amounts of stuff at high speed. That's going to be what defines this generation, at least for a while. Especially as I think Ratchet & Clank on PS4 was pretty much as good as you can... Like That was almost Pixar-like quality. It was beautiful. It's It's hard to make that Watching this Ratchet & Clank, I think it probably indicates how well they did on the 2016 one, because it doesn't look that 
different. No. Like it's very, mm-hmm. very similar. Um, just, I'm, I'm very glad they appear to be leaning heavily into, and I know they've always done this to a certain extent, but the weapon stuff. That's always mm-hmm. been the Ratchet and Clank like element that I enjoy. I don't really give a shit about those characters or that world, but the idea of just having mad bullshit constantly thrown at me is very cool. Um, and yeah, they made a big show of how much there's in there. So that's cool. It's really fun. And I like the idea. They went into a bit more detail on those haptic triggers or the, mm-hmm. haptic, tr- the haptic feedback and the triggers on the dual sense that I do like that idea. If you have a weapon that you like half press the trigger, it does one mm. projectile, but if you fully press it in, it does both barrels that, that I don't know how I haven't touched a dual sense. So I don't know how you're going to be accidentally firing two triggers all the time. Is it's, it that going to take getting used to? It's good to see people finally, making good on the promise of the GameCube in 2020. But, you know, <laughs> um, the, I think the interesting thing with with DualSense, I think you're right. I think there's going to be a learning curve to using that thing if people are properly going into it. Um, I don't think we've talked about on the podcast yet the thing they released where they had loads of developers talking through what they're going to do mm-hmm. with it. One of those being Deathloop saying your guns can jam and your triggers will physically jam. Um, yeah. which sounds mental. I, I got an amazing response to a, my tweet about that. I can't remember who it was, and I'm very sorry, but someone who said, like, I'm really worried that I'm just going to slam... <laughs> I think he said I'm going to break my triggers if I put some beans into it, <laughs> which I thought was very funny. So it's going to be hard to know if your controller's broken anymore. <laughs> That's it. Is my, it my gun's jammed all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of odd, but... It, um, yeah, I think Ratchet and Clank looks good. Mm. That's my that's my takeaway. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play it. And they said launch window as well, so that and Spider-Man around launch time. Insomniac are having a good time there. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, one more we're going to talk about, because we're not going to talk about everything, because mm. there was tons. It's something that wasn't actually an uh, opening night live, but an IGN exclusive. Mm. Joe, tell us about Sendress. Sendress is this... So we to point it out, we're so IGN is covering... Uh, the rest of Gamescom post opening night live. Um, so there was a live show afterwards, and there's live shows every day until Sunday. Watch it, even though it's late for the UK. But you know, if you're just in bed or whatever. Um, but we announced a few things yesterday. We showed off uh, more of Observer. We had Blood Bowl three, which I'm kind of interested in. Um, I like the look of well, there's Aragami two, which is cool. That Tenchu game where they now it's like a three player co op thing, which is kind of cool. But the one that really caught my eye was this game Sendress which is by a new studio called Nameless13, which is co-founded by one of the guys that started Dontnod, who did uh, Life is Strange and Vampire and Remember Me, uh, if you remember that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, <laughs> and now his new game, Sendress, is this like horrifically bleak-looking narrative survival game, which is not the most exciting uh, way to shout it out, but... If you watch the trailer, I think you get a good sense of it. You've got this party of four characters trying to get to a safe haven in essentially a black and white apocalyptic world who have to make decisions on the way. But it sounds like it sounds like there's a lot to it. So there's survival aspects of like scavenging and food, but it sounds more like management than boring walking around chopping down trees and that kind of survival side of stuff. But it's also got like morally grey decision making along the way your party members can die depending on your decisions which will change what your party can do um which all leads to like i think they said it's 16 different endings um and i don't know how long it's going to be but like there's a lot about it that i think looks really interesting it's got a very in like cool 
like austere look to it as well. Um, I yeah. really like the trailer. The music sounds really good as well. Yeah, and yeah, I'm properly into that. But it's one of those. Any idea when we'll be playing it? I yeah. think it's 2021. Let me have a look. Sendres <laughs> <laughs> IGN. I wrote the fucking news story. I should remember. Yeah, 2021. Like Steam. Good. We are bringing this big energy, and that's yeah. all I wanted for everyone. Do you know who else was bringing big energy? DC last weekend. They've nailed the online live stream. Yeah. Uh, I know everyone said it, but it was very impressive. I, that showcase, uh, The my favourite thing about it is that it was basically by accident. Because do you remember what that show was originally meant to be? It was no. 24 hours of clashing pla- panels across five different virtual stages uh, that you may have even had to have like walked around or navigated around in real time. Um, so at the time, we... In terms of covering it, we were freaking out. And when the fans were like, why are you doing this? Make yeah. it so I can watch things in order. Uh, when they changed it, it suddenly became the best curated show of the year. Like, yeah. no no offence to IGN running Gamescom right now, but <laughs> we've got four days to do stuff. They had eight hours, and I thought that, I thought that showcase was absolutely fantastic. Amazing. Let's talk about some of our favourite things. Um, the Batman the film, the mm. Matt Reeves movie with Robert Pattinson as The Bat, Paul Dano as The Riddler, Colin Farrell as Richard Kind, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> the Penguin. Um, um, it looks brilliant to me. That is what I want from a Batman film. I'm fully in on Pattinson. Like, Paul Dano is one of my favourite actors, yes. and The Riddler is one of my has always been my favourite Batman villain, so I'm very excited for this. Sorry, someone's cutting something down outside my house. I'm going to close the window. Uh, is it the Riddler? It might be the Riddler. <laughs> He's carving a big question mark into a tree. Um, the, I am amazed by the number of ways that Batman can be repurposed for film. I love that they've done, like, goth, camp, gritty urban movie, and now it's just emo. <laughs> like, now it's... It's David Fincher basically reminded me of Seven. Yeah. yeah, it was very Seven, wasn't it? Yeah. Which and, I'm into. I mean, get Nirvana on it, why not? And um, Yeah. Oh, no, not Nirvana. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, my brain's gone yeah, wrong. Um, the, yeah, I, li- I, I really like the look of it. I am, I'm concerned that it might in full be a bit much but I'm not sure yet I can't tell I love the look of it I love his mad hot rod car because that feels like there's a tiny bit of Tim Burton to that like it feels like they're leaning slightly into slight madness um, which I think is good fun and the yeah, car yeah. mostly reminds me of the the 66 car yeah that's true it's just that with a massive fucking engine on the back yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that a lot of the outfits are kind of just like pretty homemade as well like if that is we're presuming that's the Riddler doing like the cellar taping up. Presumably, no, we're not. Yeah, um, Penguin just just look, like, just look like a middle-aged man. Uh, I uh, and uh, Catwoman. I've completely gone blank. What's it? Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Kravitz. Yeah, yeah. That looks like a very just homemade Catwoman outfit mm. as well. So I'm into that kind of just very grounded. Like Batman to me is always his best when it's grounded. Mm. I'm not, uh, same with uh, the graphic novels as well. I always like the more just down-to-earth detective stories so i'm hoping this is hoping there's gonna be a lot of detective basically i want it to be seven but instead of brad pitt 
and Morgan Freeman. You've got Jeffrey Wright and Robert Pattinson as Batman and Gordon. Can we talk about how Jeffrey Wright somehow has gone under the radar as the most perfect-looking Commissioner Gordon of all time? <laughs> yeah. Like, as soon as he appeared, I was like, that's just comic book Gordon. <laughs> like, how does yeah. he look so perfect? It's amazing. It's so good. Tash and glasses. There's also... And it's a job done. Uh, <laughs> I saw... Oh, no, I can't remember his name. I saw someone... I think it was the East... I think it's EastEnders. There's an EastEnders man in it. Yeah, um, Trevor from EastEnders. That's it. Trevor from EastEnders is in it. Cause the one I saw, who's in Chernobyl as well. Yeah, I saw the Independent a great like time. literally run a whole story about Trevor from EastEnders is in Batman. <laughs> it's really good. It's a very prominent shot in that trailer. Yeah, as well. it's, it's brilliant. Funny. But yeah, that's only from I think they said twenty five percent of the film has been shot. So yeah, in, yeah. in Liverpool of all, like, I, I had know, no idea yeah. they're using Liverpool Gotham as a, Liverpool. Yeah. There's a proxy for Gotham. And they're shooting more in London soon, so maybe keep your eye out. You may see a Batman. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yep. Um, Perfect. <laughs> uh, another film, Suicide Squad. Yeah. That, I still can't, like, I'm worried about this film because although I love Guardians of the Galaxy, this seems one step too far for James Gunn to me. This seems like his ultimate fan fiction film from the way he speaks about it. And that trailer is just like non-stop cast, annou- cast announcements. Just like, there's 20-odd people in this. About 75%, I think, never, ever heard of. <laughs> but they're it's all just like... The point is you know they're the just going to die. Like, they're just gone. Well, yeah. yeah, I suppose so. It, but I just... The reason why death in the Marvel films is important is because you actually give a shit about those people. Like, no one gives mm. a shit about any of these characters. There's not one person outside of Harley Quinn that anybody other than the deepest DC fan person will know. I think I you're just... talking shite, mate. Polka Dot Man, uh-huh. played by David Dasmalkian, <laughs> is a wicked idea. I'm genuinely into it. He's I one of the creepiest that... actors to me. I love him. I think it's he's mainly because of Prisoners. He's, cre- he's horrible, in, horrible in Prisoners. Well, he's not horrible, but... And know, in Blade Runner, he's, he's a bit... Coco creepy. in Blade Runner. It's still yeah. mad there's a character called Coco in Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> he's creepy. He's even creepy in the five minutes he's in The Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I came out much more positively out of this than you. Like, I am into the idea of James Gunn being able to... If he is allowed, which remains to be seen, but it sounds like they're going for it. If he's allowed to lean into his roots with trauma and just make a fucking mm-hmm. gross, like... Gore-filled. That's what kill well, off all the. That's what we don't know. Thing. Do we know it's going to be R-rated yet? Do we know it? I mean, so, they specifically called is, out exploding it? genitals, so I'm assuming it okay. has to. Be. I think that's, exploding that's, genitals that's more is promising. Straight up R. Get Willem Dafoe in there. Get um, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> he's the expert. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? That's what I was going to say about yeah. They James Gunn said he talked to his special effects guy in the film, who's also the guy he worked with on a lot of the Marvel films as well, and he said that the Suicide Squad has more explosions than every Marvel film combined. <laughs> and he didn't say that with like his tongue in his cheek or anything. I don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe practical explosions would be the way you get around it. I, f- I think it's they been said 20, 22 Marvel films, hasn't there? 23 yeah. now. Yeah, I'm but just, I bet most I'm of those explosions were real. You see? Yeah. That's how they get you. I want it to be good. I'm still confused by this whole concept of is this a reboot? Is this a sequel? Because some of the members of the last film are still there, yeah. of course. Like, 
what is the whole plan of this? Well, Who they've knows? got a multiverse now, so it doesn't matter. Are they yeah. pretending it never happened, which is probably the best thing to do for everyone involved? Yeah, I think it's all right. But then aren't you cutting out... How did Birds of Prey work? Like, that was definitively set afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because... Yeah. I mean, not that Jared Leto was in it, but it was... She had broken up with him. Yeah. That yeah. was moving on. I don't know whether actually the answers you'll need will be in The Flash, because The Flash is going to be the film that actually on screen... The Flash, though, Matthew. <laughs> I mean, I d- I'm not the biggest fan of Ezra, but I like Muschietti. Like, he's a good director. Yeah. It's supposed uh, to have Seth Michael Keaton... I do Michael want, Keaton has I do designed the, the Flash suit. Like, not Michael what? Keaton, but Michael Keaton's Batman has oh, God, designed I thought the... you say actual Michael no. Keaton was doing costume design. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a certain nerdy pleasure, I think, in the idea of seeing Keaton and Batfleck in one place and, like, mm-hmm. what else that could mean. There's going to be a bunch of weird references to stuff in there that beyond those two casting choices. Um, I like that they're in, indulging the DC... TV stuff. Not that I ever got super into it. I quite liked the the Flash TV series for a couple of series or seasons, um, and I love that they have actually built in that idea that, like, uh, Grant Gustin's Flash accidentally gave the superhero name to Ezra Miller, his character. Like, so, so there's this like weird little extra kind of Easter egg that you don't need to have, but it's a fun thing. Like, there's there's stuff to it that I think is is genuinely quite fun. Um, it also apparently opens the idea that, like, Gotham Knights could have those characters appear and stuff because, not that it will necessarily, but, like, the multiverse extends across everything now, um, which means these crossovers are allowed, which I think, I just, there's a lot more to be interested in in DC now than there was maybe yeah. a year or two ago, and I'm kind of yeah, I'm I'm into it. I'm a lot more interested off this weekend and stuff, because not only have we got a Suicide Squad film, we've got a Suicide Squad game. Sunset Overdrive uh, 2. Wow, that is, that is what it looks like, Joe. Uh, who you, So you've got the four they've announced so far, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, who oh, I always just call Mr. Boomerang because I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Deadshot, King Shark. Those are the four. I don't know if it's going to be limited to four. They'll probably have extras coming at some point. I think so. They? I think the implication to me is that it's a four-player game. That's what I got okay. out of it. Um but who are you fancying though? Well, I like that th- that trailer, uh, Mr. Boomerang, became instantly more <laughs> enjoyable than Jai Courtney's entire performance <laughs> as that character, yeah. um, which was interesting. He's the one that caught my eye to play as. He looked like it'd be fun. And um, yeah, I d- I like the idea of Rocksteady being maybe a little bit crueler in this. Like it looks like there's gonna be a certain amount of sort of grossness, which you'd hope from Suicide Squad. Um, I'm not convinced by whatever those fucking enemies are. Um, You have to have some sort of grunt, don't you? Well, that's it. Just like little purple skeleton boys. I don't know. It didn't look great. As long as they they explode into like purple goo, I'm kind of into it. But that's the thing. Everything you're saying is what Sunset Overdrive did. And like, Mm -hmm. that would be fine. But, you know, at what point are we getting into a situation where... To make that feel good. Um, Yeah combat wise anyway the whole idea of the game of course is to kill the justice league we saw evil superman Mm -hmm. uh doing some nasty laser business um i think they confirmed there's there's seven members of the justice league you have to capture or kill Mm. i think they said that i can't remember which three is now can only be captured they can't be killed i think it was 
Superman, Wonder Woman, and one other that I forgot. Green Lantern, maybe? Like, that would be people that are too powerful for you to reasonably kill. They said this is in... This one is in the Arkham universe, Mm. so... And Batman wasn't on that list, so Batman can be killed? Well, but also Batman is canonically faking his death in the Arkhamverse at the moment, so... I suppose we don't know how, when this is set, do we? Mm. Um, Because there was no hint... Were there, I'm trying to think now, in the Arkham games, do they ever mention the Justice League, or... Isn't there a Fortress of Solitude reference or something somewhere? I'm sure there's Easter eggy stuff, but I don't think they ever bring them in as, like, mm-hmm. you know, a going concern in that way. Yeah. But I'm, it looks like a bright world as well. It'd be nice to go to Metropolis, because we'll talk about uh, Gotham Knights in a bit. I do love... Batman and I love Gotham but there's only so many times I can play in Gotham at night mm. and it feel different I think whereas a nice bright metropolis sounds a nice place to play to me still a couple of years away but mm. I'm up very there as different well. architecture as well metropolis like it is a very yeah. different city it's obviously it's not gothic it's much more kind of art decoy and stuff like that so I think mm. it will feel distinctly different alongside the fact that we're playing just yeah. horrible characters. Mm. We we don't know as much as we do uh, when you compare it to Gotham Knights. We don't know. Well, it's not out until twenty twenty two, is it? Exactly. Like... We don't. I'm still not sure what the online elements are. I assume the campaign will be four player co op, but then is there multiplayer? Like, do we know if that one is at all games of service? Well, have they there was gone into that. The, there was a rumor a while back where um, people thought Rocksteady were making a Justice League game in the vein of Destiny. And obviously that mm. has not come to fruition if if indeed that's what they were doing at some point. But whether that means that this is actually a possibly a first-person game, which would make sense with the ranged weaponry that we're looking at for most of those characters, um, whether that means game of service, whether that means other characters, like there's quite it kind of feeds into the idea quite well. Um again, like it's a massive rumour. Who who actually knows what that thing is aside from Rocksteady and WB but it wouldn't surprise me to see that as a as a game of service in a big shared world uh, of some yeah. kind do you think first i don't think it'll be first person i, I don't be because third. of the amount of flying that was suggested in it i'd imagine it'd be third it's easier to fly in third mm-hmm. and it's easier to do the first person sorry the the melee stuff mm-hmm. but also like Joe says, quite a lot of those characters, like Harley aside, like Deadshot is entirely, almost entirely kind of ranged. Um, King Shark isn't, maybe. Well, he's I got a know, mini like, gun in that trailer. Though. Well, yeah, mm. but King maybe Shark, I guess, switch. is typically known for eating stuff more than he mm. is kind of like shooting stuff with minigun. I I genuinely don't know. Like, there's so little to pull from that trailer. It would be odd if you played a Deadshot and you couldn't even look down sight, like aim down sights on a gun. That would feel a bit odd. I, I guess it would, like, is it Ghost Recon? It's a third-person game, but when you look down sights, you get mm-hmm, a first-person mm-hmm. view. Like, there's plenty of ways to do it. Yeah. I just, I'm surprised that Deathstroke isn't in it, which was my main sort of disappointment from it. I, was well, I, do, to... I do wonder whether that's, you know, they they could just have 15 characters or something in the mm-hmm. end version. Mm-hmm. Like, we might just have seen this, this like, taste of a, a, a party yeah. or something. Um, mm-hmm. And I would be a lot more interested, I think, if there were like a bunch of people to play as. I think that could be really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, God knows what that game is, so who wait. cares? But that one <laughs> looks very fun. So does Gotham Knights, which 
is one or two player co-op, not four player, mm. which I initially thought, since they showed four characters in the trailer. But um, I'm well up for this one as well. This one is much more like an Arkham game, despite not being in the Arkham universe. Mm. Um, you've got your Gotham Knights, you've got your Batgirl, your Robin, your Nightwing, and your Red Hood. I'm a Red Hood person, personally. Mm. I want to use the guns. Don't know if I'll actually be able to kill. Probably rubber bullets. So I think um, so. We did a or I did a big interview with uh, the producer and creative director the other day, and they made specific reference to gear in that game covering melee weapon, ranged weapon, suit. Um, so I believe everyone has ranged weapons of some kind. Um, so it's okay. not. So I think it's going to be as obviously Red Hood's guns make the most sense, and they'll probably be his primary thing that you would use. But it does mm-hmm. sound like Batgirl will have something. Robin will have She's something. Like batarangs exactly. On, yeah. Like I think I think we'll see more on how that works down the line. But it does sound like yeah. that at least is a standardized element. I just want to be Red Hood because I'm edgy and I I'm just an edgy person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the sound of this game is what I want. There's it's not a game to service, which is crucial. It's a two player co op. Or single player if you want to play it all by yourself. Story game in an open world Gotham that I don't know. I just I just want it. Yeah. There's not a lot more to say than it ticks all the boxes. I think a lot of people were worried that it was taking an Assassin's Creed Odyssey type approach with the leveling. Um when they talked to us, um they clarified more that the level the entire world is open from the beginning. Um mm-hmm. and that levels scale with you. And that there will be areas where there are like lower people who scale to a lower level than you and areas where people scale to a higher level than you, but that nothing will be blocked because of level mm-hmm. gating, um, which I liked. What I also liked is that they said, depending on your levels, the types of enemies in those areas will change, and it might even come down to um, the story beats you've already hit. So, like, the factions you'll find in certain areas will change depending on which villains you've taken down because you can go on simultaneous, like, villain hunts. Um, which yeah. was a, a point Matt asked me to ask them and was very astute. Um, <laughs> but I like, yeah, the more I've seen, I had basically when I first saw it, I was like, yes, this is absolutely for me. The more I thought about, thought about it, the more I was like, eh, is it going to do what I kind of want out of one of these, uh, out of a Batman universe game after all this time? And then when I had that chat with them, and you can read a very long article of all the answers they gave us, answering a lot of big mm-hmm. questions on IGN. Um, it's very informative. There's, there was so much stuff they said that was just like the perfect answer to me. Especially what I liked after being so vociferously against the idea of the Avengers not letting you create your own costumes. They've said like you get skin suits but then you can adjust accessories on them and make them your own which I think is a very good call. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm And it's excited. got the Court of Owls in. Although they have confirmed the Court of Owls is not necessarily the main mystery of... Well, the one thing that I really like that Joe got out of them which was what I'd sort of thought might be the case is it sounds like there are multiple um storylines going on at any one time and you can jump between them it's kind yeah. of like it is open world gotham there are let's say 10 threats in gotham and how you deal with that yeah. um the one thing that i find really interesting about that idea of enemies changing with you as you level up and change and stuff like that is i hope there's a systemic layer to that because i've been waiting for wb games to do something again with nemesis Mm. and not that it would be nemesis system just in gotham which i do think would work anyway 
but the idea of the being a systemic layer to what you're doing in Gotham changes yeah. the way that the enemies That'd approach cool. you. Like if there was like a like a semi-boss sort of thug who was like part of Penguin's gang, and you defeated Penguin, and then like he's like, I've gone off to join Riddler. I'm mm-hmm. now his boss. Mm. Like and he remembers you or something. That would be cool. I don't know how like, complicated. It sounds that is to, to me like that Mister Freeze battle. I get the impression is like they said it's halfway through Mister Freeze. So you're obviously going to fight him multiple times. Mm. I like the idea that you know how the Mister Freeze fight in Arkham City, he can remember what you've done to yeah, him, yeah. so you can't yeah. do the idea that like he learns how what your playstyle is from battle to battle. Like if they could do mm. something like that, I'd be really into that. Well, and I like the idea of that being as well. Like if there is ten separate villain storylines or whatever, like that lends itself to co-op in a really nice way. It's like. I don't feel when I have to play it all with one person. Like I could do the Mister Freeze storyline with you, and then go, oh, Joe. Do you want to do Riddler together? So they they have like, clarified that that is a host guest situation. So you're not. I don't know if the guest is making progress in the same way. Like they probably earn uh, okay. loot and stuff for their character, but I don't think it. Com- they didn't say this out outwardly, but my guess is it does not complete that mission for you in your world by doing it. I think you might okay. just earn the stuff for it. One thing um, on the sort of systemic changing stuff that I really liked, and I, I have no idea how deep this will go, but they said, like, they want you to approach those situations dependent on level, dependent on enemy type, thinking not just about how to fight, but what gear you might take in to fight, because they made a point of there being, like, status effects and stuff like that, you know, more sort of on the destiny level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, that's quite cool. It kind of reminds me of the comic booky idea of, like, Batman has a suit for every situation, you know? Like, he can dress up differently to take on different threats. And they didn't specifically say that was, like, the idea, but they definitely acknowledged that that was part of that feeling. And I do like the idea that maybe, you know, the Freeze gang versus the Penguin gang are going to have different weaknesses, but maybe I have to go to one to get the kind of thing that will weaken the other one and that kind of stuff. Like, if they build in that real like RPG level systems thinking as Matt says that could be really really interesting I'm very into it and the way you can just build out the characters well because they actually confirmed like you can have two Batgirls playing together if you want to play as a girl I can also play a Batgirl which I like they're not worried about oh it doesn't make sense like and we've already is... seen the two two uh, Batgirl costumes there of which one is Batgirl of Burnside with the yellow docks which is quite clearly what i'm going to wear for the entire game <laughs> but the fact that there are then like you can have her with the cowl on with the white lenses and stuff like mm-hmm. that like yeah. i think the visual design of this is very much what i and like from what they say as well just on a gameplay level as well you can have two very different Batgirls or two very different robins yeah. i'm just very they're doing basically everything that i wanted avengers to do so kind of last saturday i think if i was avengers they're gonna that game is out next week by the way the avengers game um which <laughs> i imagine will make a lot of money but um, they must be thinking like DC to me. There, of those two games, even Suicide Squad, bet from one trailer have got me more excited than I am for Avengers. And they they obviously won't say it. And my guess is probably not. But I imagine if Gotham Knights was able to drop in other characters as DLC that you could then take around the full world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of I, I'm questioning whether that's even possible with the kind of game they're making, but. Even if it just meant a sequel where we get more of that kind of approach to it or something, it, there's a lot there that I think is very promising. And at what point does Batman come back in that game as well? Do you think he'll be playable, or do you think he'll just come back in a story sense? If, there's no way he's dead. I think if he, I think it. if he's playable, to me that strikes me more as like post-game, where mm-hmm. maybe you get him back at the end, 
Court of Owls resurrection or whatever the hell they're going to go with. But uh, he's mm-hmm. he just can't be dead. It would just be... It, it seems ludicrous. <laughs> um, yeah. But it also makes me sound like, he just can't be dead, which I don't <laughs> I think. I just don't believe it. Um, and can I play as Alfred? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I want to be an <laughs> Alfred main so bad. One cool little detail that I really liked, and I know this goes against the thing you were saying earlier about always playing Gotham at night time, but I do really like this idea. We asked them if there was a day-night cycle, um, and the idea is there is day and night. You only ever go out into Gotham at night, but your daytime sections are your prep between missions. So you go back to the Belfry everyone takes their outfits off so they're all just normal people having chats and stuff that's where you talk to alfred that's where you spec up and that's where a lot of the narrative beats happen but that's all the daytime sections and i really like this there's some again something quite detective-y some kind something kind of comic booky about this idea that like that's when they live their their real existence and then their secret identities come out at night and i i think that's properly cool it fulfills the fantasy right exactly like that's, that's what batman's about yeah I'm very excited. Uh, so Gotham Knights is out next year. Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad 2022 at the moment. We'll see where both those will. I mean, Gotham Knights looked, from what we saw, looks like it's fairly far on. Mm. I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't know when it's coming out. I'd guess next summer, maybe. I don't it know. It seems that kind, like that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Drop it and in the August slot. I'll be very happy. <laughs> uh, Suicide <laughs> Squad definitely is. Is Gotham Knights next gen only as well? I think it is, isn't it? I think they're both next gen only. Um, they don't confirm no. for Gotham Knights. Uh, I, think, I, think I did. I don't know, mate. <laughs> oh no, no. It's everything. Maybe it's right? PS4. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it I might be know. everything. Yeah, it's on everything. Uh, I think Suicide Squad is next gen only. There we go. Uh, but those are games you'll be able to play in the future. There's some things you can play as of now what? if you're a fan of. Control, the AWE expansion, dropped yesterday. The Altered World Events expansion, or the Alan Wake expansion, or the Alan Wake experience, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, dropped yesterday. I reviewed it. I gave it an 8, because it is great. Um, it's You've got about 3 to 4 hours of content in oh, there. That's slightly shorter than I was expected. Is it packed, though? Is it a packed uh, 3 to 4 hours? Ah, uh, it's... It's, it's the same sort of cadence as Control did. It's very much more Control, which I love Control, so that is never a bad thing to me that I'm getting more Control. It's maybe not as Alan Wake heavy as people Aww. maybe want. There is no, there is. Is it? There's definitely stuff. Is it a spoiler to say if he's in it or not? I don't I, even know. I, how I'm not going to spoil that for people. Okay. Uh, but I will say. It, there's definitely lots of elements like this. Uh, the main antagonist is a character from Alan Wake, cool. and he he does speak to you. There's the main stuff you're gonna get is there's a lot of so you know how control and indeed Alan Wake. There's a lot of extra reading to be done mm-hmm. of things you pick up. That's the main thing you're gonna get in the, all the correspondence and like letters you'll pick up. There's a lot about the Bright Falls case, and so you'll learn a lot more about that and the people of that town is it almost like learning about the story of alan wake from the perspective of the house yeah exactly mm. it's more from an investigate investigative point even um and yeah it's fun it's more control the new uh what's it called new service weapon type you get surge is quite fun it's like a sticky grenade launcher that you oh, cool. fire at people and press the trigger again to set it off 
it's quite cool um and it's quite useful as well because there's new enemy types that uh what are they called i forgot i wrote this yesterday and i've forgotten it all already uh the airborne ranger that's it they're jetpack users who oh, fire fuck off. grenades i was never very use. good at the enemies that can fly <laughs> it and really control. so yeah it tests your shooting ability quite a lot because launch is pretty much ineffective against uh-huh. them so you want to be using pierce that's my tip for you but i was pierce always a good. pierce main anyway yeah so pierce is the best um and the final battle i'm not going to say what it is or what it entails is very good it actually uses the light and the dark in interesting ways so in this dlc the darkness kind of has invaded the house a little bit along with the villain and you use lamps as you would in alloate to clear the path you don't really use them in combat but you kind of half do in the final battle which is a cool thing nice so there's dark there is darkness in the house and when you're in the darkness it drains your energy meter so you can't mm. you have to mm-hmm. get into the light to restore your energy so you can't like dash or use your shield or anything so that's quite a cool extra mechanic and crucially the most fun part because we all know launch is the best thing about control that ability well, I just nah it's launch mate because I powered up launch to max as well so it just basically one shot everyone mm. i use it more than the gun you can now multi-launch so if you hold in <gasps> r1 yes. then press l1 two times you can hold three things at once and target multiple energy enemies with launch yup 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 so that feels extra good so yeah it's good it's short but sweet i'd say and it has a very good end little tease which i won't spoil for everyone um, so it looks like remedy are doing the right thing when they're building out this connected universe of their games they're not just slapping things on they're actually kind of intertwining them quite well mm-hmm. and yeah i'm looking forward to seeing where they go next i don't want to say where i think that will be yet because that will spoil it i but very excited to play it this weekend i it does yes. make me extremely sad to think that this might be the last bit of control ever because of how much I loved that game. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I would be surprised. This isn't me spoiling everything. I'd be surprised if we don't get more more DLC control. No more control or control. Too. Oh, like, I think. We'll see, I, no, I think that's absolutely the case. I just mean this this game. Oh, of this game. Yeah. yeah, I think this is the end of this game. Yeah. If I'm honest, um, I almost don't want them to do another control. Like I like the thing I like about remedy is that they do bounce from idea to idea and i like the idea that there's now cohesion between them but i'd love to see another idea from their wacko brains can i imagine in six years if we get like the gotham knights equivalent where it's jesse fade and alan wake (laughs) max Payne, and what's the lad from quantum break Um, (laughs) jack joyce yeah get four of them in an open world i only ever remember jack joyce's name because of how beautiful it sounds in sam lake's accent jack joyce it's amazing (laughs) um the can i can i give you my pitch for the my fantasy control game i want a control game where the bureau is actually working properly and the core is a management game in which you have to assign resources to all the different departments. Um, but then when there are incursions or uh, things you have to go to, you play the actual agents going out. So to... it's kind of like XCOM. Yeah, the I'm, Bureau. Thinking, I'm thinking like, yeah, XCOM Bureau type vibe, but obviously a lot better. Maybe a bit of like Fallout Shelter stuff looking there. Because obviously everything lends itself to this right you you have to clear out areas of the hiss or or whatever the the oldest house is hmm. holding 
to build new rooms and then the building itself can shift so it's suddenly like oh no my research department's fallen into the abyss um, <laughs> I just think it'd be amazing and uh, if anyone at Remedy does want to get in touch with me uh, my mobile number. We are willing to write your XCOM game. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. What I've thrown myself into that as well. Note the use of we. Um, so, <laughs> uh, another game that's out today. If you're into mad football games, have I got one for you? Because me and Joe have been playing a bit of Captain Subasa. <laughs> Rise of the New Champion. Rise of New Champions, whatever it's called. Um, up until a few days ago, I knew nothing of Captain Subasa. And now you've watched the entire anime. Lovely. Let's. I've not watched the entire anime because I don't have the time, and I didn't realise it started as a manga in 1981. So I did not know it had been going on this long. Apparently, inspired Zinedine uh, Zidane to become a footballer. Yeah. If you want more Captain Tsubasa facts, um, check out me and Joe have done a let's play on um, IGN. I'm sure one of us will tweet it out um, when it's live later on Friday, if not Saturday. Um, give that a watch play a full match against each other it's an odd game because i can't tell if it's terrible but we did have a lot of fun playing it together (laughs) it was so i don't know what to well i think it's a weird one i think the thing to remember is like it is presented as a football game you interact with it like a football game but it is not a football game like it is a a fighting game it's a fighting game with 11 characters on each side which makes it sound more complicated than it is it's pretty basic um (laughs) The stuff I'm interested in is whether that how deep it actually goes. So I played about an hour of the story mode after we finished, and like, there's a lot of fucking China way anime Waffle. style. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in whether there is a team building idea because there are like combos and stuff you can do, and certain players near each other will activate different effects. So like, that starts to delve into like a live action tactics game in some respects, and like. Yeah. Oh, sorry, real-time tactics game. But I don't know if that's ever actually a choice you get to make, but I kind of like the idea of almost treating it like deck building where you get millions of party members and get to build a team that works in certain ways and has certain effects and combos built in. That would be cool. I think that that sounds fun because the problem was I think I was trying to play it like a football game and you can't do that Mm -mm. because the passing's just not very good and and you can't really shoot properly because you have to you have to fill up your spirit gauge you do. um by doing special dribble moves past opponents and getting in the zone yeah. and then holding in the shoot button for as long as possible which goes against every instinct i have from playing yeah. a football game and then unleashing in my case i was using i was toho academy i had huga mm-hmm. who has a tiger shot which the goalkeeper could not and no, it was fucking annoying. Ripped right through his hands. I will say all the shot animations and the goalkeeper animations that they cut to are really they cool. They are very proper, well animated anime clips. Yeah. It's not normally my sort of thing, but I'm I could play a little bit more yeah. of it. It feels like it feels very much in in look at least. It feels like it's on the Dragon Ball Fighters level of really mm-hmm. effectively communicating the look of an anime in an interactive video game and I think that's always worth praising because that's very hard to do yeah. like I've never met a Subasa, Captain Subasa fan but I would be intrigued to know what they think of this game is this like for I know if you're a fan of that anime or that manga series this could be a dream game and they've absolutely nailed it so I'd be intrigued to know if you are a Captain Subasa <laughs> fan please email us at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com um, because 
I want to know from people that actually know about Captain Tsubasa. <laughs> Please beat someone out there. Uh, speaking of feedback, yeah, like we said, there's no quiz this week. Should we get on to some feedback? Let's do it. Yeah, I think it's you first, Joe. Oh, okay. Hello. Excuse oh. me. This is from Rory Pallister. All right, lads. Big fan of the pod and everything you guys do. Mm. Uh, following watching a few shows that were a tad of a heavy watch during lockdown, Devs, yes, The, the Expanse, yes, The Americans, yes, I decided to watch a few shows with lower stakes, including The Trip, The, Dete- the Detectorists, and Mortimer and, Mortimer and White House Gone Fishing. And I've been really enjoying watching shows where the worst case scenario is not the end of the world. <laughs> That's really good. I was wondering if there are any low stakes shows you like to go back to that you find an easy watch. Be safe and for Christ's sake, respect the sea, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> wise words, always. Always the wise sea. words. For Christ's sake. Uh, I have I always go back to comedies for stuff like that. Like mm. I'm most of the way through my annual peep show rewatch at the oh, moment. Oh, we did that earlier this year. I normally do I do that with the office and with partridge and everything but i also i do like high stakes stuff as well so i normally have one going at all times mm. i'm on my first watch through of lost at the moment 17 episodes into season one so i'm getting on with it i mean that's that's a bit it. heavier than peep show there's, there's exactly some, that's that's my they high are stuck stuff. on an island i'm also watching avatar through for the yes. first time as well and that's kind of although it's not you know, it's in the middle. It's medium stake mm. stuff. It's 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 a kids' cartoon, really, isn't it? So it's it's nice to have one in the background. Um, I will <laughs> say Mortimer, Mortimer, and why can't I fucking say Mortimer and <laughs> White House Gone Fishing um, is an incredibly good shout for this. That show is just yeah. gorgeous. Um, at the moment, I am watching for the first time Friday Night Dinner, which I did not expect to like, and actually think is really it's good. So much better than it has any right yeah. to be, considering its weird format. Um, but I think it's incredibly well written. What I'll say about it that I think is very nice and very applicable to this. So when I saw this email come in I was like, this is perfect. What I think makes it so perfect for the low stakes thing is it's one of those sitcoms written where essentially the bones of every single episode in the entire show are exactly the same. So it gets to become like comfort food very quickly where it's like they always turn up, they always start having dinner, they're always interrupted by the same neighbour, there's always a big problem and then it ends on a big stupid joke that's never resolved again and like every episode i watch i'm just like oh this is very easy very chill um and the dad character is just fucking hilarious it's amazing i love him uh yeah Uh, so my recommendation recommendation for this would be a show called joe Perra talks with you (gasps) yes any of you guys have heard of this oh my god yes not so uh, it's one of these where I'll admit lockdown is not an easy time for me so I've been finding a few things that are a bit more kind of on the relaxing scale and basically Joe Perra talks with you is they're about 12 minutes each they're really short and Joe Perra is just he's a comedian and he's kind of he's playing himself but it's an exaggerated version of himself and it's very difficult to know what that exaggeration is because I've never seen what he really is like. So I've listened to an interview with the real Joe Perra and it is astonishing how close he seems to be to the character because he's a, <laughs> he, he essentially is he's a man in his 30s who seems to be playing a character who is a man in his 60s um, yeah. with a lot of the mannerisms of that um, but he's I'll got let you, a very I'll let you awkwardness it, yeah. yeah like holds his shoulders like very high um, he walks very slowly he's a music teacher at like a middle school mm-hmm. um, and 
he lives on his own with a dog and like his biggest love in life really is his grandma and one episode which is my favorite one is where he falls in love with the who oh. but only Barbara o'reilly oh my god it's so good <laughs> that honestly if you watch one episode to see what it's like it's all on um all four i think uh, yeah mm-hmm. the, the who episode is just like astonishingly good and lovely it's because it's an adult swim show so you go in with an expe- expectation that it's going to be in some way like edgy comedy edgy to or creepy and especially because he's playing a 60 year old teacher who's quite mild-mannered and odd you kind of keep expecting it to go in like a horrible direction but the entire point is the show is just really Lovely. nice and he's just explaining his life to you very quietly and like it started the pilot was him reading you a bedtime story and that's the entire point mm-hmm. um often it goes nowhere but it's always got a good laugh if you know Connor O'Malley from anything, he's also in it as an angry man, which is his greatest role. Um, Connor O'Malley's one of the best people on the internet. And yeah, oh man, what a great pick. That is such a good shout, man. <laughs> it's interesting because I watched the the like the original pilot they did because that's also wonderful. And that is quite a different show because I think it, it almost takes the piss out of him a mm. little bit more. Whereas when they actually settled on what the show is, it's not it like the show genuinely adores its main character mm. who, yes, is very naive. Like all of his interests are the arc of the second series is all basically about him growing beans. <laughs> yeah. But it's it is kind of just beautiful. There's there's an episode which is just him going to the supermarket and like he's just got these rules where he asks himself three questions and he'll buy it if he can afford it, if he needs it, and if he'll definitely eat it. Um and but that low stakes just feeling that he's just he's just a nice guy with a few quirks and watching those quirks because those quirks do evolve over the two two seasons but yeah it's it's just lovely you don't ever have to worry that's the thing once you've watched about three of them and you realize nothing's going to go wrong yeah. and you're in like a safe pair of hands and it's gonna be fine um ran out of them way too quickly but they are very rewatchable so good nice Good wreck. Right. Got some feedback. Matt. Yeah, I do. This one is from Ryan Skinner. He says, Hey all, I've been enjoying the conversation you all have around console exclusives. I don't have a strong opinion about it, so hearing all the perspectives has been enlightening. However, I do have two questions on the topic. Do you, number one, do you think we would be having this conversation if Microsoft had as many good exclusives as Sony. For example, if Xbox was getting Iron Man and Sony was getting Spider-Man, would we still be having as heated conversations around this topic? And two, why does Nintendo seem to be excluded from the pushback against console exclusion? Have have they just removed themselves so far from the console war conversation that nobody really cares? Thanks for the awesome content, Ryan from Colorado. Uh, Where I we think stand, on the boys. One on Nintendo, I think pretty much nailed it i think they're so different that no one's no one's ever asking for zelda on ps4 are well they? they are but the 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 answer is so obvious <laughs> that it's just like makes no difference yeah. you know like i think nintendo have just established themselves as the second console people at this point or like the non-console console people um mm-hmm. and, and i think what they offer in their games is so different that it almost feels okay to have that in like its separate own little console ecosystem whereas playstation and microsoft i think are more different these days than they ever have been but they still offer mature rated violent shooty stuff Mm. um i think to your first point about iron man versus spider-man i 
I don't think we'd be having the conversation about console exclusives we are having. We'd be having a very different one, which is, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why are you doing that? That's stupid. Um, which I know is partly the conversation now, but I think the Spider-Man thing as it stands is more rooted in business and that would be more rooted in almost tokenism, like creating a difference between games rather than uniting them. Um, I think the conversation right now is we have, uh, which we've touched on before, is that we have reached a point at which the expectation is console exclusives outside of hand, you know, homemade for want of a better term, first party made games. Um, there shouldn't really be a difference between those games anymore. And at bet, you know, we're getting to a point where people expect them to be cross play, cross progression. You know, like being able to play games across everything with anyone you want feels way more of an expectation than it did even a year ago. Um, like, I would be quite surprised now if a shooter came out and it was made hard for me to play with other people because Call of Duty's done it so well for the last couple of years and, you know, that kind of thing mm -hmm. has really come in. Um, that yep. would be what I say. Yeah, I think you've, you've nailed it. I've uh, got a piece of feedback here from Elliot O'Neill. There's a very important question. Yep. Starts off with huge fan, listen every week. I love you all equally. Absolutely no favouritism here. That's that's good. Although, keen to hear more about Matt's peach ring. To which I'd any say, more updates on peach uh, rings? Now? Elliot, go home and paint your blood angels. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Me, uh, me and Elliot me and Elliot both know each other through Warhammer to a degree, so there we go. It'll be off painting blood angels. I want to know about the peach ring there. Um, <laughs> one, if you could settle a debate I've been having regarding sweets. What is it called? A. Pick a mix. B. Pick and mix. Or C. Pick and mix. Cheers, lads. Elliot from Bath. I have an opinion so on this. So do I. I would write pick and mix. Yes, I would. But I kind of say pick a mix. Oh, really? I kind of say it too ah. quick that I kind of go pick so a I'd mix. So I'd say formal if you're at a, you know, a dinner party. C, pick and mix. But with your mates, <laughs> B, pick and mix. But pick I would always yeah. write pick and, pick and mix. Yeah, I think I say pick a mix, but I say it so quickly, it kind of fades. You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't it's know certainly, what I'm doing. I've it's never seen, seen it written as pick a mix. Because... No. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, it's actually, like, no. I well, do, I I do it think it does mean something because it's like yeah. you are picking a mix of sweets. But for me, it's I guess is option D kind of pick a n mix, as in you're dropping <laughs> the D an, because mix. yeah, as in like you're dropping yeah. the D from the an, because yeah. you're contracting the words together. So it's pick and mix. Must mm. be, isn't it? Pick and mix. Well, but I think I put a little bit more emphasis on an A. Oh, a little bit okay, more okay. pick and pick and mix, not pick and pick and pick and mix. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like you know, no one writes Guns and Roses, do they? It's Guns. Well, it'd be and weird Rose. if they did because that's literally not the name of the band. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, good insight. Let us know. Uh, actually, don't let us know about that because that's that's not a good thing to write feedback in on your answer to that. I did. Sorry, but I did. I did, did just. Think, I was trying to think of a version of the Guns and Roses thing that works, and the one I can come up with is: <laughs> imagine if we called them "Beat Them Up Games." <laughs> <laughs> I like "Beat Them Up Games," uh, so uh, that's my kind of that's my standing in the world. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um, yeah. Do keep your Tenet feedback coming in, because we will, in the next week or two, do a little spoiler section on Tenet. Me, Joe, and Matt have all seen it at this point, and I assume by the time 
next week more people will have. Uh, I'm sure we all have a variety of thoughts on it. But yeah, keep your feedback coming in on Tenant. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com. Spoiler for the spoiler cast. Disappointing. Uh, oh, <laughs> there we go. I'm in the middle. I I, I, I'd, I, I liked it, but uh, not his best. No. Which I think is tends to be the consensus opinion. I mean, there's several um, five-star reviews out there, mate. You know, there's yeah, know. some people really rate it. Some people gave it two stars, which I do think is, you know, it's not a two-star film. Um, but there we go. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. It's been a lovely time. Big energy. Thank you, Joe and Matt. Big energy. Oh, it was big energy. Massive energy. Um, yeah, I think that's the title of this podcast. Big energy Friday. Big energy podcast. Big energy roundup. Big, big Defoe, big Willem Defoe energy. <laughs> that actually kind of works. Yeah, yeah, we'll go big for that. Big Willem Defoe energy is perfect. Uh, lovely. Um, and as promised, here is the end of search theme to play us out. We're not doing a quiz Goodbye. after it, it's just the end. All right? Yeah, yeah, there is no quiz. Don't even wait, there's no quiz. <laughs> Goodbye. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.